Microsoft's doing everything it can to close its Activision acquisition, but there's one major problem. Happy Friday, friends. It is Friday. Hopefully you had a wonderful week. It has been a super de-duper interesting week because Microsoft is in the courts trying to close this deal, trying to get past the FTC here in the US and a ton, and I mean a literal ton of court documents have been unsealed. We are learning all sorts of information about how Microsoft is thinking internally, approaching these problems and everything else. So this Friday podcast is going to be a slightly different uh, for some people. If you're watching this on the video i'm going to be rolling some b-roll because i got to read a lot of the context and typically that's hard to do while looking at a camera uh, for audio people nothing's probably really changing and of course we always have my favorite part the questions at the end but let's dive deep into what is going on in the courts because we've been through day one and day two will be happening potentially while you're watching this video uh but uh, the, the big problem which we will get to here in just a second is honestly a pretty big problem so Let's roll the B-roll and let's get started. So in the court documents that Microsoft has put up, they were really candid about some of their uh, placing in the market. If you remember a couple weeks back that Microsoft put out this post where they were talking about the future of Xbox's bright. And I even did a video on it over on the YouTube where Microsoft was talking about how many people they have playing games, over 150 million uh, people playing games, uh, reoccurring games and things like that. Like Xbox is bright, Xbox is wonderful. They did this, uh, as I kind of assumed, because some of the documents that would come out of this court case made them not look so great. Because that's what Microsoft is doing. They're trying to go to the courts and say, look, we're a little teeny tiny video game company and we need these uh, we need these Call of Duties to make ourselves better. Anyways, so in the court documents, this is Microsoft's own wording. This is Xbox has lost the console wars and its rivals are positioned to continue to dominate. Xbox had 16% share of the console sales in 2021 and 21% of the console install base overall. They go on to say, in 2001, Microsoft entered the gaming industry with the launch of the first Xbox video video game console in competition with established incumbents Sony and Nintendo in that generation Sony and Nintendo in that generation Sony and Nintendo outsold Xbox by a significant margin with every succeeding generation over the 20 years since Sony Nintendo and Xbox have remained the three major consoles producers and have been engaged in the industry refers to as the console wars Xbox console has consistently ranked third of the three behind PlayStation and Nintendo in sales Microsoft positioned it as Microsoft positioned itself. No real big surprises there. I mean, anybody who looks at this content and looks at these numbers knows that yeah, we've talked about it on this channel before that the PlayStation has typically outsold the Xbox two to one. Although we got some numbers through this documentation, it looks like it may be even closer to three to one, depending on the time frame, and even up to four to one, depending on the specific year. And so Xbox is pretty far behind in terms of PlayStation sales. There is no argument there. And Microsoft's point is that, look, we continuously be our third place here. And that's just who we are. Uh, other interesting things that have come out of this is that Disney had a deal for Indiana Jones games that would be multiple consoles. Uh, Heinz confirmed, so this is a court testimony. The FTC says the deal was amended post-acquisition to be, to be Xbox only for consoles, which is a little bit of a leak. So then upcoming Indiana Jones game is going to be an Xbox exclusive, but more likely an Xbox and PC exclusive. So Xbox platform, if you will, and the platform extends to the PC. Other super interesting things from the Sony side that have come out. Uh, Jim Ryan initially said that this Activision 
deal wasn't going to be like the be-all, end-all that Sony is making it out to be. He said, in his own words, it is not an exclusivity play at all. They're thinking bigger than that. I'm sure we will continue to see Call of Duty on PlayStation for many years to come. He said, I've spent a fair amount of time with Phil Spencer and Bobby Kotick, and I'm pretty sure we will continue to see Call of Duty on PlayStation for years to come. And we'll be okay. Actually, we'll be more than okay. Which is, you know, right par for the course for what has been said all along. Keep in mind that Microsoft has been trying to get Sony to sign a 10-year deal for Call of Duty, and they refuse to do it. Other companies have signed on, uh, even Nintendo for that matter. So a lot of different companies are grabbing that. And then, of course, there's all those uh, cloud deals and all of that. But the reality is, is that Sony looks at this and says, mm, and this is coming from the top of Sony, by the way, that they're like, this really isn't the big deal that we think it should be and that the press make it out to be. And then, of course, what does Sony do? They say, this is the big deal. This is where we're really going to be. We are quite concerned that Microsoft will make it an exclusive and that they will lock us out and they will intentionally ship buggy versions of Call of Duty on PlayStation. That is something that they have quite literally said in the EU and the CMA. That that is how Microsoft could harm Sony without actually pulling console or pulling the game from the console. Either way, uh, it's a pretty it's a pretty damning piece of evidence where the CEO of Sony PlayStation just says, "Look, eh, it's probably really not that big of a deal." Now, one of the super interesting things that has come out of this is that. For in the EU, in the CMA more specifically, like some of the biggest concerns were actually cloud gaming. Cloud gaming was like the be all end all thing for the CMA. And Microsoft actually really kind of talks about how cloud gaming they don't think is maybe gonna be a market. Uh, and that in the US, it seems, at least from this initial information we've gotten from the FTC, and keep in mind there's a whole nother day ahead, is that Cloud gaming may not be really the focus at all. Like, that seems to be secondary. Anyways, Microsoft did confirm that they were considering building an xCloud or cloud gaming only SKU. Basically, think Stadia, where you could just go pay for that content and then only stream it. But as they got more data about how gamers are actually using cloud gaming, uh, the actual infrastructure that's needed, the data that is used, uh, what they would actually have to do to scale up to support a service like this, they actually pulled back and said, hmm, Maybe we shouldn't do this. And I, based on everything we have seen in the industry, that was absolutely the right move. Look, I mean, look, Stadia couldn't make it. There's Luna. Luna isn't, I mean, it's a thing, but it's not like a big thing. Uh, probably the biggest competitor would be NVIDIA's GeForce now. But again, it's not, the, these things continue to be features and not products. And so actually, if you if you kind of pay attention to what Microsoft is doing, they have really pulled back on the, the, the cloud gaming uh, marketing and narratives. Now, that could be because of one of two reasons. One, it could be because like, look, we're getting a lot of pressure overseas. We should probably stop hyping this thing up the way that we are. Uh, that is that. Or the other reality is, is like, maybe this just isn't as good as we were hoping and people and, and consumers don't really want something like this. And this just isn't the thing that we thought it was going to be. And so let's just kind of scale it back. We'll continue to support it, but it's not going to be the primary focus of our marketing messaging uh, going forward. And so... Either way, it, this so far, the trial has not really focused too much on the cloud gaming aspect, and that does not seem to be as big of a deal, at least here in the U.S., that it has been overseas. Now, Sarah Bond uh, uh, also confirmed some interesting things, and a lawyer accidentally leaked something. It's that Sarah Bond testified that Activision forced Microsoft into a new Call of Duty revenue deal. Activision refused to work on an Xbox Series S and X version, 
unless a new revenue deal was reached. Now, Microsoft's typical revenue, based on the information that is in the court documents, is a 70-30 revenue split. But one of the lawyers let it slip that for some companies, they do an 80-20. And I'm almost certain that that means that Call of Duty is getting an 80-20 revenue split because it's so critical, based on the Saraban's language, to get the deal done. And so that is just another bit of information. That is some inside baseball that is going to make some publishers really angry. Uh, take an Ubisoft, for example. Let's just say Assassin's Creed. Well, I don't know if Assassin's Creed is the same level as something like, say, uh, say like a Call of Duty. Maybe like a, a Madden NFL or a FIFA or an NBA uh, from EA. And if they're getting a 70-30 split and they just heard say, look, Microsoft's willing to do an 80-20 for critical titles, you better bet your bananas that EA is going to be really angry that they're only getting a 70-30 revenue split when Call of Duty got an 80-20. And I think you could argue that the NBA series, the NFL, and uh, the FIFA series coming from the EA side of the, the, of the equation are probably in that same category, at least in specific markets for sure. So funny th things that sort of also came out is the FTC said, uh, you need Windows licenses. You need a Windows license to stream PC games, correct? And they said this to Miss Sarah Bond. And the answer is no. And there was a little bit of an egg on the face of the FTC individual because, in fact, you do not need a Windows license to stream games. And uh, we know that because you could do it on a Mac. You can do it on a phone. You could do it on a bone if it had a screen and probably Internet connectivity. That, that Okay, you can't do it on a bone. I'm, it, it rhymed. Anyways, um, that was just one of the little funny things. Microsoft also, and this is several years ago coming from Matt Booty, did not want to have its games on GeForce Now. Now, remember, Microsoft recently signed a deal with GeForce Now. Now, the reason for this is several years ago, Microsoft was extremely bullish on xCloud. And again, that was their massive go-to-market messaging, right? It, it's big, it's new, it's fresh. You could only get it on through Microsoft. And so, yeah, I see why they did not want their stuff on GeForce Now. As it turns out, that market did not materialize in a way that Microsoft was initially expecting and or hoping. And so now they're trying to be friends with everybody, which is why they signed the deal. The FTC is making a big deal out of this because Matt Booty said no EF and no effing way. Uh, I was going to spell it out, but either way, um, to get this, you know, to have games on GeForce now. But the market has evolved, right? I believe that was from, I want to say 2019-ish or something around that timeline when he said that. And of course, now we're in 2023 and Microsoft still doesn't have some massive xCloud market. And uh, here we are. So the other interesting thing that has come out based on the documentation that is available, Microsoft expects the next generation of console games or consoles to come out in 2028. That is super not far away that's about five years super not far away which what it really means is that we're about at the mid cycle we're, we're approaching the mid cycle of the xbox series s and x who honestly feel like they're just getting started i mean if it was really it was just this month yes this month when phil spencer said hey if anybody wants a series x they should now be able to find one and so yeah we're not expect we're not expecting consoles until 2028 that which actually aligns to what sony has previously said where they expected the playstation i believe five to last through at least 2020 27 and so that means 2028 would be roughly the next time we would expect an update or a new console from microsoft which also brings up another little interesting thing where phil spencer said hey we're not expecting any mid-cycle refresh because let's be honest if they were going to do a mid-cycle refresh they would be probably thinking about it would have to come to market fairly soon if you think about it because if, let's say it comes together like next year then it would only have four years in market which 
Granted, could absolutely be long enough, but then if it slips a year, then it's three years, and that may not, it just may not be enough time for Microsoft to truly recuperate or recover their cost for investing in it. Now, here's the big problem, the big problem, my friends, and this is something that I think a lot of people are overlooking. Right now, everyone's thinking that after this court case, Microsoft will either get, get approved to buy Activision or completely shut down. That is not the only outcome, and that is honestly, those two scenarios I think are probably of the least likely to happen. What actually has to happen? The FTC does not have to prove that Microsoft would be anti-competitive, a monopoly, abuse their market power. That is not what this court case is potentially about. The big problem that Microsoft has right now is that the FTC only has to approve, only has to prove that it needs more time to get to their August trial. This injunction that was issued was to stop Microsoft from closing the deal in July, right? And so that's not what the, all the FTC has to do is prove that there's enough evidence that they should actually have the full trial in August. And so if the FTC can prove that there is enough evidence that they need more time to dig everything up to get the full picture, then they will likely punt this thing until August. This is sort of a, a side tactic by Microsoft to try to swoop in, get this deal done, get the FTC in court, and then get their deal done in, in uh, uh, July. And so... It's a really big shift in how you should be thinking about this. You shouldn't be thinking Microsoft proved its absolute point. All the FTC has to do is that there's a reasonable number, a bit of information that has not been reviewed or could still be reviewed or could still be approached that this court case shouldn't be closed in June. And so because of that, because of that, I think that shifts the narrative considerably about how this case might actually play out here in the not too distant future, right? The judge is going to have to sit there and say, okay, is Microsoft overwhelmingly approving or approving their stance for this acquisition? Or is the FTC providing sufficient evidence that they need more time? And it's it, providing sufficient evidence for something like this does seem much more logical for Microsoft. Microsoft to have to defend itself in August, which realistically means this thing is probably going to get drug out, which realistically means if you thought this was going to end in June and Microsoft was going to steamroll the CMA in July, that doesn't seem like maybe that's what's going to be happening. This is going to go on for longer is my expectation. Uh, following all the information. It's not that Microsoft isn't doing a good job. It's not that FTC is doing a bad job. It's more so like, what is the baseline expectation that has to occur for a definitive decision to be made? And right now the judge in the process has an easy out. The easy out is like, look, you guys both presented great arguments. I think the FTC needs a little bit more time because you think about it, if it's, if it's swaying in Microsoft's favor, the judge could just be like, look, it, the FTC said they needed more time. They needed more time. And Microsoft, you've got a strong case. The FTC did not. The FTC wanted more time. They're just, this is a temporary injunction. We're going to punt this thing to August to give them that time to sufficiently rule this out. Because again, at the end of the day, it's a nearly $70 billion transaction. So yeah, that is the big issue, the big bombshell that has to happen here um, for, the, for this to go on. So Keep that in mind as you're reading and listening to all this documentation. So depending on when you're listening to this, this will already happen. Today will be a, another massive day in the courts. Uh, we will hear from Phil Spencer. Jim Ryan will be available in quotations by a pre-recorded video deposition. Uh, Google will be there. And um, yeah, so there's a lot going on right now 
with this case and I'm sure there'll be more content coming out that will be super fun to watch. Now, on to my favorite part of the week, the questions, my friend. So T182 says, hey Brad, just reading that Microsoft has just 21% of the console market, do you see? Do you think we'll see them exit the gaming console market in the next five to 10 years? Is that why the push for game streaming? Uh, I don't think they would exit the game streaming market. If Microsoft was going to exit anything, I think it would be just a pure console market, but even that seems a little dicey. I also think a lot of it hinges on what happens here with this Activision acquisition. If Microsoft gets the deal done and spends $70 billion, there is no way they are going to be bowing out of this market anytime soon. Their investors would absolutely riot. Microsoft has already spent tens of billions of dollars on acquisitions. They spent $7 billion a couple years ago, many billions before that, and so so I don't expect them to leave the gaming market anytime soon. Also, I'm wondering if you've heard anything from 343 regarding Halo campaign. Do you think it's pretty much dead and not coming back for a long time or at all? I don't foresee 343 right now bringing and doing much with the campaign. They're going to be focusing explicitly on multiplayer. And I actually think they, I want to say they've actually said that. But if they're going to be doing anything with the campaign, I think it's going to be like in that, the, the next version of Halo, you know, when I say that with careful uh, consideration, but I don't think there's going to be much value right now for Microsoft shipping a Halo campaign update because what's going to be the point? It's like, okay, they dropped, uh, they shipped a new feature for, for campaign. Unless they're like, adding more narrative to it, which we don't know really the state of that at considering all the turnovers. My expectation is that they're going to be focusing on multiplayer. Uh, Tate Money says, hey, Brad, Sony has Call of Duty marketing rights until 2025. What are all the ways this impacts <clears throat> Xbox ability to utilize owning the franchise for the deal to go through? So the biggest one from any of this is typically about where they can show Call of Duty. Now, Microsoft could do a lot of funky things. And we'll see what happens. But one of the things that did come out in this court case is Microsoft was not allowed to show off Call of Duty at some of its game showcase unless they paid marketing rights to Call of to Activision at the end of the day. And Microsoft actually declined to do that. That might have been last year or the year before. And so how can it completely impact Microsoft? I think this is one of those things that they'll have to ride out, right? They don't want to break the contract because that's another black eye for Microsoft. It's like, look, you closed the deal. You said you would honor all existing contracts. And the first thing you did was not honor this contract. And so Microsoft might be able to weasel through some of that, just the marketing side, but they're definitely not going to be pulling Call of Duty from any meaningful aspect from the PlayStation platform. And Mr. PKI wrapping it up as he likes to do. He says, how about a fun one this week from a global audience? The hot topic is ChatGPT and Copilot. Are you and your business partners and engineers using generative AI in your daily work? And are you concerned about some of the risks using the content code and images that are generated from AI from a licensing and copyright perspective? So yes, there's all, this is always a super hot topic, right? Midjourney is fantastic for creating images. So one of the things that Stardock has done is we've actually built our own tooling that is trained on our own images. The one thing that Stardock, well not the one thing, but one of the aspects that Stardock has for it is that it has a massive library of images. We've been making games for 30 years. I think it's 30 years for a long time, a couple decades. So there's a lot of art assets that we already own and that we can train the models off of. And so uh, that is one way that you can work around it is if you have that capacity. Um, and so, yeah, and using the code that is created by Gen generative AI is always risky no matter what you do. So it's generative AI, not for, aside from the non-images that are generated, is only good as the user who is creating it, right? You got to have the right prompt. Then you have to be able to integrate it into your own code. You can't, 
it's very risky. It's very risky to take just a click copy in ChatGPT and just paste it into your code uh, asset repository and just say play and then watch your things run. You have to understand what is going on. So uh, we are very careful and approach this from a very diligent perspective uh, when trying to integrate and use these technologies because it's a gray matter area. Nobody really knows, like the courts haven't dictated one way or another fully yet about how this stuff works. Um, Microsoft is in a little bit of heat too from their GitHub stuff because like, hey, that learned off of other people's code bases. Some of it open source, some of it not licensed for that. And how does that fall? So interesting conversation. That is one for the courts to decide. So there you go, my friends. That wraps it up for this week. What a very super interesting week of things going on. Today is going to be just as spicy as yesterday. Hopefully you had a wonderful week. There'll be more Xbox content and coming out. And we'll see where this lands. I'm thinking it's going to get punted to August. I could be wrong. Wouldn't it be the first time? As always, my friends, make sure to keep it subscribed here because the only BS on this podcast is me. <laughs>